The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, Bob Richardson is here, News Talk 1010 contributor, senior counsel at National Public Relations. Michelle Morrow is a music teacher. Deb Hutton, former advisor to two premiers. And actually, I wanted to start with David Onley because I have to figure that some of the people on the panel knew him uh, personally. Deb Hutton, I realize his service as lieutenant governor was after you were at Queen's Park. Uh, but still, I'm sure in politics it was hard to uh, not come across at some point David Onley, who passed away this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I knew him originally uh, as a broadcaster and uh, spent some time either taking uh, politicians to his to the studio or uh, speaking with him on the record, off the record, all those sorts of things. Just a tremendous guy. And, and I actually did know him a little bit as lieutenant governor because my husband was an MPP at the time. Um, we have a wonderful picture of, of him and uh, our whole family when Tim was sworn in at one point. So I, I uh, you know, I, there's not enough you can say about this guy and about his family. His wife was absolutely magnificent as well, and, and our sympathies go out to her and their children. He, he was the epitome of strength and ultimately then of public service. He understood the value of government. He understood the value of public service as a journalist, and then in his subsequent career as our lieutenant governor, and um, a huge loss and so young. And Bob Richardson, a lot of people, including David Onley, observed that it was kind of out-of-the-box thinking to even consider him as the lieutenant governor. But once he got into the job, you appreciated that's exactly the personality and disposition that you would want. Absolutely, and credit to uh, Prime Minister Harper for uh, for appointing him. Uh, he was a lovely man. Uh, I met him uh, a bit like Deb through uh, politics and actually through uh, City TV. Uh, but his mom and my mom were at the same seniors' home up around uh, at uh, the Claremont, around uh, up on Mount Pleasant, and um, so I'd run into him there from time to time, and we'd have chats. Um, his mother passed. He became lieutenant governor, governor. He had no reason to come back. He made time to come back and have tea with all the ladies that were still there. And it was just a thoughtful, nice, kind thing to do that they were very appreciative of. And I think that's the type of thing that uh, one expects from David Onley. Okay, we've got a pretty aggressive agenda on the roundtable today, so let's hop to something now. And Michelle Morrill, I'll start with you. Uh, Premier Ford and the Health Minister make an announcement. We're going to carry it live because I think this is a fairly momentous day in the uh, life of our province. It'll happen at 10 o'clock. And the announcement's going to focus on eye surgery, but the real push is to introduce the notion of the public would pay for it, but it would be private services that could provide an alternative to hospital surgeries. I don't have a reflexive hatred of this sort of thing, but I know there's going to be a lot of squawking at, at about 10.15 this morning. Yeah, I think the idea of spreading out the resources and making sure every resource is being used is what everyone wants. But listening to, I cannot remember the name, the director of the Michael Garren Hospital you spoke to this morning, Michael Warner, talking yeah. about how we, thank you, we have the, um, those, we have certain uh, operating tables that are open or operating rooms that are not being used. Why aren't we filling those that we're paying more to these private clinics? Why are we doing that if we're giving them more business? You know, um, it's a really silly comparison, but it makes me think of Cher's speech in um, Clueless, where she talks about somebody just need to get into the kitchen and rearrange things. And so you have room for everyone. And I kind of feel like we're not doing that. Okay. That's one interesting Cher reference. I have to think that for some people who don't like private health care, it would be more like her and Nicolas Cage and her slapping him across the face. Uh, 
let's get to Bob Richardson. Like I said, Bob, I want to see the details, but I also know there's a certain portion of the population who say never know how. Yeah, you're making me a little nervous this uh, this morning, John, because I was starting to agree a little bit with Jerry Agar listening to you earlier. But look, uh, we need change. Uh, we need some new ideas. Uh, it does work in some other jurisdictions. It also hasn't worked in some other uh, jurisdictions. So we need to get it right. Uh, what we don't need right now is hysteria and wild con condemnation before we even know what the province has planned. So, you know, if it works, great. If it doesn't, either fix it or don't do it. But I think uh, there's an opportunity here to expand the system, to get more people through, which we need. Uh, which we need to do, let's do it. Deb Hutton, is it still the third rail in uh, provincial politics? No, not for me, never has been. <laughs> I, I Listen, I'm of the view that whatever works when it comes to health care, as long as it conforms with the Canada Health Act, which means we get to use our OHIP card here in the province, I am 100% good with it. And in fact, I would go further and say that we should look at ways to take some people out of the wait list and allow them to pay. But I know that is what causes the hysteria. So I will stand that down. But in terms of what we're expecting from the premier today, I really, really dislike the folks who make this about, quote, private health care. We have had it in our province for I don't know how long. My father, who just passed away at 85, had his knee replacement at shoulder or his um, hernia operation at shoulder ice, I think when he was in his 30s. So that's 50 years ago. It is it's such a lie to say that this is anything other than working within the publicly funded health care system. So all of us should watch our language today, those in favor and those opposed. Make sure we are talking about private delivery, not privatization. And accept the fact that if we can get something that we need quicker and as good as in a, a public institution, then we should all be for it. There's been a growing drumbeat about bail reform, and now all of the premiers and territorial leaders have written to the prime minister and said, we have to reform the bail system. Uh, this is in the wake, and I'll start with Bob Richardson, of the murder of a provincial police officer by somebody who already was out on bail and in violation of their conditions. Um, it's a delicate situation, Bob Richardson, because we come back to the issue of some people with a whole raft of charges against them that were only laid because the prosecutor was trying to get every single charge in the book. And they, they don't deserve to spend a year and a half in the clink awaiting a judge's verdict. Yeah, I think that's true. But I think it, there is definitely some need for some, uh, some uh, uh, reform. And they ought to be working with the province uh, to come up with that, working with, pros, uh, with prosecutors to do that too as well. But the provinces uh, could do more than just point fingers on this issue. In tandem with, uh, with this, they could be funding the courts better, uh, and they could be picking people up who are violating the, their, uh, those uh, uh, you know, uh, terms. when they don't show up to court and, and when they violate those sort of terms. So I think there's what we need here is a lot less finger pointing and the two sides to be working to get together to come up with a package that works better for everybody. Yeah, Michelle Morrow, I guess there's a through line to some of the debates we're having this morning, which is that some people tend to be philosophically or intellectually pure. And in this case, it's about people who say, throw the bad guys in jail and the other people saying they haven't been convicted of anything. Yeah. 
yeah, it seems to be a really fine line. We talked about this shortly after Christmas, and I believe it was Karima Assad that we were on with, and she explained how um, you can once something is set in place for stricter bail reforms, that it just it affects everyone else. And so she was very hesitant as a lawyer to put this into place. But I think what Bob said was what we need to focus on. We need everyone working together, less finger pointing. Perhaps we need to spend more money. I don't know if people are going to say we don't have it. But the fact that this uh, gentleman was out on... um, he, was, he had, hadn't shown up for bail, and so he should have been remanded, and there was no one out there looking for him. There was no one who went to where he was supposed to be. There was no one who went to his community. Those sort of things are the things that we can pick up. Those are actionable things we can do to try to stop this as opposed to reforming everything off the top. All right. Well, Deb, maybe what we need is bounty hunters, because the problem is if somebody is in violation of their bail or parole, they go into the computer in case they get pulled over for speeding, but nobody goes and knocks on the door and says, we got to take you in. No, and that's wrong. Uh, Listen, I think it's time for bail reform. I think it is time for parole reform, quite frankly. I do not believe we are tough enough on crime in this country. And quite frankly, if in the next election that was a platform for one of the leaders, I think they do very, very well. Uh, The interesting think piece in the New York Times that I clipped for discussion, and I don't know if you've had a chance to read the whole thing, but effectively it boils down to the fact that at the moment, dramas based on real-life experiences, be they crimes or families like the Royals, or in the case of uh, one person, he's a sports celebrity, that in order to soup things up, they often invent things. And sometimes those things can be very distorted and very hurtful. Um, Michelle Morrow, do you, you know, the Royals can fight their own fights, I guess. But do you worry that people are watching uh, dramatizations as if they're documentaries? Oh, I'm sure they are. I really hope that people realize that they are dramatizations. But a lot of people do watch these programs and assume that this is exactly the way, the way they're laid out. Like any biography, even like, um, oh, the movie about uh, the hurricane, the fighter hurricane put on by Norman Jewison. Like that was a great movie, but things were definitely taken out of order and out of context. But it didn't make his story any less interesting. So perhaps that's the fight we have to do is that we want to expose people to these sort of interesting historical things, whether that you believe the, ro- the royal family is one of those, I'm not sure. But you also have to realize that you're watching a TV show. Those are actors. Yeah. Well, one of them was the Central Park Five, which was a great movie. I think it was an Ian Sorkin or uh, Eric, uh, whatever, a Sorkin production. But Deb Aaron Hutt- Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Uh, but Deb Hutton in it, they kind of spun one prosecutor into a racist monster, and she still insists that she was just doing her job. Well, again, I think it is incumbent on the viewer to figure those things out. Like I, it's entertainment, as Michelle said. So I don't have a problem with that kind of thing. And if there's something actionable, if if someone has been overtly portrayed as something they weren't, or there's there's something egregious that impacts their their uh, reputation, then there are other avenues for that. But like I think about the morning show. I don't know if anybody watched that with uh, Jennifer Aniston. And for sure, my gut told me it was based on some things that happened with Matt Lauer. Yeah. And and yet it was pure fiction in terms of what I was watching. So did it make me think, hey, I wonder how much of this is really what happened with Matt Lauer when he was fired? Sure it did. But did I come away thinking things about him that I hadn't thought before? No, not at all. I read the news stories. Uh, Bob Richardson, just seconds on the clock, but your quick thoughts? Um, look, I, I watched The Crown. Uh, it's kind of not. It's kind of hard not to think that, that, that this is what happened. I think the one thing is those shows should be clearly labeled. 
if you did that, I think that would um, uh, go a long way in uh, in answering the, the question that you posed right off the top. Thank you all. Michelle Morrow, Deb Hutton, Bob Richardson. That's the roundtable, and that's our time. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.